0: Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about
1: your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from
0: Arab. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Halaby. The Total Financial Hour, where we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money. Oh gosh, planning for the future retirement and the craziness that we call, da-da-da-da, Joe Biden's economy. Yeah, what does Joe Biden's economy mean? Well, it means inflation, high prices, gasoline. Is, uh, well, look, you can't go a block without seeing close to $5 or even past $5 a gallon of gas. I paid that the other day in the lovely city of Glendale, right, where if you're not afraid of... Paying taxes, boy, that's the place to move. Sales tax, uh, dictatorial. Uh, We're going to tell you what to... Wait, walking by yourself outside with a mask? No, 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 you're not talking about sunlight, vitamin D, and wind. Because we think COVID has your name. Yeah, so that's the idea, guys. These guys, it's all about control, right? It left science a long time ago. No different than the skinny little kid. Remember who used to get beat up by the football team? And he grows up and becomes a police officer. How do I know this? Because I was a cop. I was a policeman for 10 years, seven months, and three days. Los Angeles Police Department. We, You could tell the ones that were trying to get back at society, right? the, the uh, Of course, I'm stereotyping. But that skinny kid, right, who got picked on and now he's going to be the power-hungry, beat-up-everybody kind of story. Not on the police department, but, you know, metaphorically speaking. You get the uh, the, the picture here. Because part of this job of survival in this economy, in the Joe Biden's economy, is to understand the motivations of your school board people. We are seeing some great movement in getting rid of these clowns up in San Francisco. Seeing some great movement in taking uh, Mr. Gascon and removing him where he belongs. Listen, uh, I was a Los Angeles policeman when he was a police officer. He, I think, was my sergeant, if I remember right. He was a supervisor of some sort. And let me tell you about him. Simple enough. Ready for this? When I say the word coward, and you look it up in the dictionary, go, go to Wikipedia, coward. Gascon. When I show say the word milk toast, where every police officer, I was 21, 22 years old. I'm a kid. And you're looking at Gascon, and you're trying to figure out, right? Hey, hey Sarge. Hey, Lieutenant. Whatever he was, I don't remember. I just remember, right? Everybody bigger than, uh, you know, older than me, and more stripes and bars. And you are just like everybody was a was a god because you're new, scared, all that stuff. Typical, just like the military. And I remember asking him questions. He couldn't make a decision. Everything about him was not right or wrong. It was his opinion. Like, but, but, but the law, it's right there. And he would give me wishy-washy. He wouldn't take a stand. And I remember one particular time in confidence, (laughs) we're like, hey, Sarge, so here's the situation. And instead of making a decision, he flips his backhand to to us, me and my partner, and says, you guys figure it out, and walks away. We're like, are you kidding? You're supposed to be the booking sergeant. You're supposed to be the one that signs the deal. And we both looked at each other, and we said, never again will we talk or trust that man. Whoever thought he would go to night school become a lawyer i don't know what university he went to they look the department promoted people because of their race and religion and na- or national origin whatever they did right maybe he was one for that that got promoted for merit i never saw it but look remember i was just a kid so maybe i'm wrong he goes to night school or whatever he does to go get a law degree and he's got the look. He's a pretty good looking guy you know he's got the talk he's got a little bit of that raspy uh hey voice right like the evening um, music you'd play on valentines day will dreo or will Gerard? what's his name yeah so he's got he's got the look he's got the package of a good hey that, that and then the you start hearing milk toast loser and you go wait a second is this this is the district attorney you folks in LA I, i'm not talking about the 30% of you that are conservatives Because right now you're just kind of, you know, playing rope-a-dope. We're all getting beat up. Anybody we vote for doesn't matter. Anybody that runs doesn't matter. And and so you have a choice between so-so and real bad, and people chose real bad. Why? Because, oh, he's got a Hispanic name. Oh, because he checks that box. Look, math does not care. Crime does not care. One plus one is two. It doesn't matter your race, religion, background, uh, economic status. One plus one is two. And in, in race and religion, if you're Hispanic, you're Hispanic. If you're half Lebanese like me, you're half Lebanese. Nobody, it should never, ever matter. It shouldn't matter whether you get a ticket or don't get a ticket. Shouldn't matter whether you go to jail or don't go to jail. What's the crime? What's the issue? We have prison space. Oh, but Arif, did you know that 38 or 75%, whatever baloney number, I don't, I don't believe him anymore. It doesn't matter what they say. Percent of the population is in jail <clears throat> are are uh, black or brown. Okay, look, I'll tell you what. If you didn't commit the crime, chances are pretty good you probably wouldn't be in jail. I'm not saying 100%. There's been people that have been framed. Of course. There's been people that have been overcharged or railroaded or not given a chance. Yes. But with the guy with the neck tattoo that has robbed you three times in the last six days, I'm going to go on, on a limb here and just say he probably should be in jail. Just a guess. And you guilty white liberals, I saw you. I knew you. I worked West LA division in the early 90s. Right, you, you give money to the bum $20, $100 we would stop and search these guys they'd have $50 bills on them I'm like you're not making change at the stoplight on sunset so of course you guilty white liberals Oof, I feel so much better I Feel, I feel better I made a difference today I made a difference I feel better I gave $50 where's my latte right <laughs> you guys add add math And you say, math and feelings are equal. No, they're not. How do we know that? Because look at George Gascon. That is the person that you get as a result of your feelings and checking a box on race, religion, uh, ethnic origin, whatever. That's what you get. Joe Biden's administration, full of these people, incompetence. Yeah, but they look good. They check a box. Ah, okay, well then. The other day, somebody was saying, yeah, but you know, Donald Trump fired so many people. You're darn right. You didn't do your job. He didn't care who you were. But I've been in Washington, D.C. for 32 years. Did you do your job? Mm-mm. No. Get out. He, he he took it and he said, I just want the job done. Look, I don't want to marry Donald Trump. I don't want to be his neighbor. I don't want to be his best friend. It'd be nice to meet him because I'd like to meet any president, even Obama I'd meet. Right? I mean, that, that'd be fine. It's kind of cool. It's in the United States. There's only what, 46 of them or something in their life, in our lives uh, as a country. But tell me something. Really? You don't think Donald Trump sat there and said, you stink at your job, you're out of here. Because if you did good at your job, oh, but if you didn't agree with him, you were out. Try to disagree with Joe Biden on, on border policy. And I can tell you this from personal experience, a close friend of mine, try to disagree with President Obama on his policies. I won't even tell you what area because then you might figure out who the person is that I know. You want to you want to hear anger behind closed doors. Listen to President Obama lose his temper about people not agreeing with him. Joe Biden just sits in a corner and rocks, by the way. You know and I know he's incompetent. This is a theory. I'm going to play... I'm going to be like the pastor at our church. Sometimes he steps outside of the, uh, you know, to the side of the podium. That's when we know he's given his opinion. So here, here's my opinion outside of the side of the podium here behind instead of behind the podium. Simple. Ready? If the Biden administration can keep him like weekend at Bernie's, right? Keep him moving, keep him up, put his sunglasses on, make him look like he's real. For two years and 10 minutes. Then Kamala Harris gets the next two years. And she gets two more terms potentially. Ten years. My prediction? We would probably cease to exist as a nation. I think there would be some sort of internal strife, civil war of some sort, and I think we would cease to exist as a nation. 25 years from now, we'll be four, maybe six countries. I don't think people with common sense would accept the pressure from the federal government because that's what it is. They want power. And frankly, look, George W. Bush wanted power, right? He went from being a a, a Texan, an independent thinking, state rights kind of a guy to the federal government. Can you say Homeland Security, right? Patriot Act. So he became a a federal power hungry guy. So, and listen, I, I still voted for him twice, but my point is, I don't trust anybody at that high level without the checks and balances of the other two branches of government. Equal, by the way, co equal branches of government. When we're talking about cowards in Congress, no, I'm sorry, I digress. Because as a body, they're afraid. Not always, not all of them. Enough, enough of them. So, where do I see this going with inflation? Because the Biden administration can't get out of its own way. He's talking about taking dogs and dragging them up on somebody's porch. Like where in your mind do you think, you know what, this is pretty good. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to tell this story because I think Putin is going to be afraid of me. That I went to a conservative 40-something-year-old white lady and in the middle of the night, I drug a dog, dead dog, on her porch. Ha, <laughs> Biden doesn't if if Putin doesn't think I'm coming after him next, right? Even if the story's true, I doubt it. Right? He he tells lies more than anybody we know, except maybe President Trump. There's been exaggerations. Listen, I love Trump, but he said a lot. He said a lot of stories exaggerated. Easy to do when you're when you're in the spotlight and you're talking 24 seven, which is what he did. Not hiding 24 seven, by the way, which is Biden. It's difference. Still love President Trump. Get the idea here. Ready? Somewhere in Joe Biden's mind, he thought that was a good story to tell. True or not. But let me be clear on something. That is the judgment to worry about. Not that when he was in his 20s, he drug a a dog up. Okay, fine. If, If you did that, that's a dumb thing to do. Maybe even disgusting doesn't disqualify. I'm not interested in canceling your podcast because you drug a dog up on it. No, no thanks. But you told that story in a public setting in the middle of an international crisis of of pretty good size proportion, a European war that hasn't happened for what 70 plus years or so. And you're going to tell me that that was a good idea to tell that story and indicate that you've, they're kind of losing your marbles and certainly losing your judgment if not your marbles, right? Oh, and by the way, these, this is the same person who has a team of people in charge of the economy. Their goal is to continue to pass these stupid rules. Let me explain something to you. They're going to keep dragging out Buttigieg. Why? Because he's comparing year-over-year year numbers of car accidents and deaths on the highway. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Here's what he did in 20. He said, uh, <clears throat> in 2021, we have more deaths year to date than we did in 2020 this time last year on the highway. So we need to get in and, and pass this bill back better. <laughs> You're like, uh, Mr. Buttigieg, uh, nobody was driving in 2020. You're using a phony, phony rule. It's actually lower than 2019. So instead of comparing apples to to apples, what he did is he used the numbers of 2020 where nobody was driving and he said, oh, now, you guys remember, you could drive on the freeway and get to to LAX and, you know, half the time you could drive across the city. You could go even to Las Vegas. You could get anywhere you wanted with in no time at all, no traffic. But what he's done is he's comparing numbers from a year in which nobody was driving to, to a normal year or normal-ish, which is now. And he's saying, oh, we're, the deaths are up. I, I forget, whatever, phony. 9%, 19 It doesn't matter what he's using. It's all phony. Year over year. So we have to get in there and, and spend more money on the roads. Go back and take your paternity leave, mister. There's nothing. You, you can't even spell infrastructure. I've been to South Bend, Indiana. Most of them are nice people, but what a dump of a place. You have dilapidated buildings. You have roads with potholes that can, you know, make a VW bug disappear. This guy, I I mean, again, old buildings, right? Oh, Notre Dame, beautiful. Been there. Been to that airport. He couldn't even take care of of a little third-rate city. Nice people. Corrupt politicians. So why do you think he can do anything for the United States? Nothing. Zero. Another judgment by Joe Biden. So continuing with inflation, what do I think is going to happen? Very clear. We have to measure a few things. Number one is, if you haven't bought or refinanced your house, I want you to think about that very seriously. Interest rates are low. Yes, they're going to go up in the next few weeks, months. But maybe it makes sense to still... Okay, we're not at all-time lows, but pretty darn close. When you have January coming in at 7 plus percent in inflation, three times the inflation that happened in any one year under President Trump, nearly three times. He understood business. He understood economy. He understood people. Biden understands an ice cream cone. And, and even once I heard him understand how, you know, Corn Pop, how he was able to intimidate, you know, the bully at the pool in Delaware when he was lifeguard. He's 100% incompetent on the ship called Inflation. They will lie to you and tell you it's about uh, COVID. No, 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 it's the response to COVID. Thank you. It's not COVID. COVID didn't do anything. It's the response to COVID. Many physicians will tell you the reason a lot of people passed away wasn't because of COVID. It was the response to COVID. We didn't treat the symptoms. You just said go home. Oh, come back when you're when you're full on pneumonia and we need to ventilate you. Or maybe you could have treated them halfway through the system, right? Most of you probably had it by now. So the the possibility or the process of inflation being under control by the Biden administration, it's not going to happen. It's going to affect your retirement accounts. It's going to affect your income, which is more important than your retirement accounts. By the way, I want you to know that. I'm going to give you the number triple eight retire eight, 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 nine, nine, seven, three, eight, four, seven. All right. We have a movie that we're going to be showing. We're running a theater. It's a movie called the boomer movie, the boomer movie. We rented the movie. It's a great place. We rent the whole theater. You get popcorn and stuff. I want you to come and watch it. Give us a call. Sign up for the show. You can bring guests. You can bring two, three people if you want to, four, whatever. It's called The Boomer Movie. All right. Let me give you our number one more time 888 Retire. That's 888 997 3847. How are we going to handle inflation? You're going to handle it by a couple of things. First of all, you, you need to understand what it is. It means the dollar you have today is going to be worth less than tomorrow. So if you can lock in a 30-year mortgage, the payment doesn't change for 30 years. 360 payments. It's the exact same payment. Do you think you're going to make more money in the next 30 years? Do you think uh, inflation will be higher in 30 years? Yeah. Do you think rents are going to go up in 30 years? Yes, but not your payment. But Eric, I was told when you retire, I don't want to have a house payment. Okay, so that thinking came when we had 9 10 and 12% home mortgages. That thinking came when your parents bought one house and never moved for 47 years. That thinking came when there was no other source of income except reduction of expenses, which means no house payment. So we could retire when I didn't have to have money coming in the front door to go out the back door to pay the house. If today, you can manage it, and look, you know this, financial advice, guys, that's not what you're getting. I haven't met you. I don't know you. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk to you, but realize your situation might be a little different. I'm speaking in general terms so you can grasp the concept that if you say, I'm going to pay off a debt that's 2.9% or 3.7% interest, maybe it makes sense to not do that if inflation is running at six, seven, or eight percent. Right? Remember this, the, the movie Wag the Dog? I want to say it was Chevy Chase, but I, I could be wrong. One of those guys. Funny guys. And the reason I bring it up is simple because the movie talks about, oh, we, we have a crisis. Oh, I know, let's start a war. <laughs> you know, of course it's a comedy ish. Oh, we have a crisis. Let's divert the public's attention over here. So we have a crisis, gasoline, $5 a gallon, no jobs. We shut down oil production and distribution and energy independence in this country. Oh, I know, let's blame the Arabs. It's the Arabs. (laughs) And the poor Arabs are like, are you kidding me, man? We're making money hand over fist. When the United States was energy independent, when we had the ability to set the tone for the rest of the world. People treat you differently. Do you think Russia would try what it's doing when President Trump was in office? Do you think North Korea would be launching missiles across uh, and over the head of Japan? If No is the answer. How do we know that? Because when he was there, it didn't happen. What was it, the last 18 months? North Korea got some recognition, which is what they wanted. Respect and recognition on the world stage, simple. And when they did, President Trump addressed it. He never had to do the wag the dog story. He made sure the economy was clean. Retirees had a little bit of pay raise in Social Security, but more importantly, your money went further. So that is the point. I want you guys to think about this. How are you going to make sure your income you see because what used to happen was the goal was to save a million dollars as if something magical happened at 9999 9, 9, 9 versus 111100. I want to save a million dollars. Maybe today it's 1.7. Maybe your dreams can come true at 900,000. I don't know. But when that occurs, you realize that the chunks of money is not what's valuable. It's the it's the source of income. It's how much can that money give me an income because have years have passed what used to be a great lifestyle having a million dollars and pulling a certain amount each month today a million dollars or even two million may not give you the same income each month. It certainly may not give you the same buying power each month. So we need a source of income. We need reliable retirement income. So consider this as an option. You have to ask yourself if I'm going through the process of saving and planning and building for retirement, if I'm going through the process of being retired, how do I make sure that inflation doesn't eat up my income? Well, after the break I'm going to get into things called shrinkflation, give you solutions for inflation, things that I think are some options. I kind of gave you a, you know one little teaser when I talked about income or refinancing your house, lowering that payment if you will. And then we have some solutions on, on how is it going to wa- uh, affect you because the Biden administration's goal is to eliminate driving and only have wealthy people, powerful people, Democrats, driving around with drivers, really, because who else can afford $5 gas? You can, oh, I'm not going to raise taxes on the poor, but I'm going to make sure that they have to pay, pay twice as much, three times as much for gasoline, What percentage of a wealthy person's income goes to fill up a gas tank? What percentage of a working class family's income goes to fill up the gas tank? Do you see how they can squish the poor? If you are not clear that the Democrats and the progressives are not for the poor, it is exactly the opposite. They are not for the black community. Oh, Black Lives Matter, except the ones in Chicago that are killed, except the little girls that are shot by errant bullets in Illinois or Baltimore, except for the old lady that is black that walks down the street to get on the subway in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not those Black Lives Matter, but the other ones, you know, the privileged, uh, no student loan debt, uh, scholarship granted, affirmative action kids that go to college. Yeah, yeah. Those lives matter. Self-righteous little protesters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lives matter but not the hardworking guy who has two jobs trying to raise a family in a not so great part of town and who is a victim every other week, whose car gets broken into every other week. Yeah, His life doesn't matter. We need you guys to stand up to that. All right, stay with me. I've got some more inflation and shrinkflation. What is that? 888 retire 888 Stay with me. I'm Arif Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Learn from Arif Halabi.
1: Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Araf has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategies. Learn from Arif Halabi. Hey, welcome Learn back.
0: Thanks for staying with me, Arif Halabi. The total financial hour, your family, finances. All right, we're talking about inflation. How is that going to be impacted by debt? Let's just touch on that a little bit because I always like to to, to speak You know, the reality is a lot of people have debt. Okay, so I brought up uh, before the break your home mortgage. Home mortgages, I'm okay if you want to pay it off. I'm okay if you don't want to pay it off. I would always ask why. So that the reasons that you do things match what you think is going to be the end result. Here's a good example. Why do you want to pay off your house? Well, because I don't want to pay interest. Okay, well, you've had the home mortgage for 15 or 17 years. Most of what you're paying now is principal. So you're not paying very much in interest anyway. Well, yeah, but I, I just don't want to pay it off. Do you have any other sources of income? If you were to take a hundred and fifty thousand and pay off the house, do you have other dollars that can create an income stream for you? Oh, yeah, I have other monies. Big. Okay, fine. Then maybe that's the right the right thing to do. Oh, I don't have any money. It would it would take me down to you know just my emergency account, but at least I won't have a house payment. Okay. When do you pay off property taxes? Uh, never, because every year they come right back around. Even if your home is paid off. So I want you to understand there's always going to be an annual or certainly a monthly cost for repairs or expenses, insurance, your property taxes. Those things can never be paid off. So I would prefer, you've heard me bring this up. If you haven't, I'll bring it up now. And some of you have come to our seminars where you've heard me speak, right? Or dinner things where I go, would you prefer a million dollars in cash or 10,000 a month for the rest of your life? Okay. So think about that. I always say when I was 28 or 32 years old, I would have said, give me the million in cash. I'll double it before the weekend. Right? When you're young, that's what you think. you would well, I'll take the risk. You know how smart I am? The mirror told me so. <laughs> I'm that smart. The older, more wiser. More, uh, I don't know, maybe I have more introspection on life. If That's the right way of being clear on something that's pretty important. Because now... a month for the rest of my life? That sounds pretty good. You mean if I'm here? Yep. If I'm in Fiji? Yep. If I'm in Florida? Yep. $10,000 a month. Now you might say, that's never going to happen. It can. Absolutely it can. Because when you add social security, you add pensions, you have annuity income, you have retirement income, you have pension income. All of these things can give you a stream of income that come heck or high water, no matter where you are, it comes in on the first of every month. Important you know that because Through this process, I don't want you to forget a few things. And one of those is that income needs to grow every single year because inflation, especially with the the progressive Democrat power base that's in there now, is going to grow every single year. You know, they tried to lie to you and tell you it's transitory. That's such a, which meant, oh, it's temporary, transitory. We're smart. You're not. Did you not know that big word? Well, just look at us. See, we have a suit on. We're smart. Trust me. I said a big word. And I told you to go back to your job. So, oh, oh, transitory. It's temporary. Why don't they just say temporary? All of us know temporary. I get it. You went to Harvard. I get it. You're a Wharton school. Oh, boy, you're smart. Yeah, yeah. Clap, clap. So, just tell me. It's temporary. So, then I would believe you. Oh, wait. It's not temporary, is it? Seven, seven Seven and a half percent in January. If President Trump wasn't so young and, and active, I can imagine him sitting in the corner smoking a pipe. The man doesn't smoke, doesn't drink. And just rocking in a chair with the fireplace and his little ascot and his St. Bernard at his feet saying, oh, I told you so. Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, doesn't know what he's doing. But the good news is he's out there yelling and screaming the right way. Uh, the problem is, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all those other silly places, they, they remove him as if, you know, uh, he doesn't exist. Oh, he didn't. It was just a temporary uh, insanity. That's all transitory insanity how we elected president trump well surprise guess who was right in the story history is going to put hillary as as, as evil as a person as she was and is and president trump a pretty darn smart guy both internationally with political uh, affairs and and domestically with financial affairs because inflation is now on its run just like it did under jimmy carter Jimmy Carter teaches Bible study, I think still. I know he did for many years. He's a good guy. I don't think he's evil. One of the worst presidents we've ever had in the in the last hundred years, but a pretty good guy. He's a believer. He's a strong man, a good husband, you know, based on everything we heard. Great. And you stink as a president, right? Don't vote for me for president because I probably would be a crummy president, right? So, but I think I'm a pretty good guy. I love my wife and God and my, my kids. So what do we do in the inflation world? Number one, I want you to understand real estate. I'm not interested in you paying off your, your primary mortgage if you have a finite amount of dollars where paying it off is going to take you down to zero or close to it. Number two, collectibles. Some collectibles tend to do well. Fancy cars, right? 1932 Studebaker whatever. Okay, yeah. Those kinds of things... Where there every year that passes there are fewer and fewer of them, and more and more people have dollars cash, because that's what they've done. They've flooded the system with money. When you flood the system with money, it's why homes go up in value. Not because something has changed with the house, but because there's a lot more money available. Like, well, I don't care. Here, take an extra hundred dollars, kid. We all have a lot more money. And not everybody, but you understand. It's the reason that a house that was seven or eight years ago is a million dollars today, or nine fifty a few years ago is one point seven today. What happened to the house? It's actually older by four years. That doesn't matter. The pipes are older. Doesn't matter. And I think that is a plat- that is a, an increase, a rise before we plateau again. I don't think it's going to be an up down up down like a Richter scale. I think it's going to go plat- oh, go up and then plateau. So I'd prefer that you have a house payment equivalent to like my parents that was 400 and something dollars a month that was hard to do because they were young. It was 1976. Mom stay at home, dad a job and four little kids. Not easy. 10 years later, that's a quarter of one paycheck or less for my dad because of inflation. house House, 30 year mortgage stayed the same. Okay, so keep that in mind. I also want you to look at Things that give you that income. You heard me talk about that. Right now we have a, a accounts that pay a bonus upwards of 20%, even greater than that. I can't get into the specifics because there are rules that, that if, we, if we get more specific on it, but there are accounts. You put in 100,000, they put in 20,000. There's matching. You could use that for an income stream. You could increase your income and One year, five years, 10 years, depending on the account you choose, you can begin an income for the rest of your life. That is what I think is important. It's called laddering or staggering where you start one, one account and we use fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities, not always, not for everything, not all the time, but for this particular product, for some or part of your money, it might make sense you start with a an income stream you can grow your income oh now it's 4000 a month okay next year i want it to be 4500 next year it's 4750 so that your income can keep up or even surpass inflation depending on what's happening at that year so i like it if you have multiple sources of income where i want you to avoid are bank savings checking accounts we have certain types of fixed annuities that have a 2% floor. That means a 2% guarantee. Okay. Is that right for some of your money? Maybe you had money in a CD or savings account getting 0.07 and it's taxable for most in most uh, cases. With us, there are places you can put and get two or more percent per year, two or 3%. In fact, we have some that are more than that. And until you pull it out, it is not a taxable event. So you can defer the taxes. And that is another way to help offset inflation. If you're going to move to a a state in which you do not have income tax, that is literally, effectively like getting a pay raise. One of our clients, a retired L.A. County deputy detective, one of the top detectives in the financial crimes world in what he did. And he said, Arif, I moved out of state. He moved to a state in which there is no income tax. He calls me, and then you you change your payroll tax so then when you're getting your pension, which is what he was doing, he was getting his pension. And he said, by the way, don't take taxes out of of my check as if I'm in California. Take them out as if I'm in this state. And they said, oh, that state doesn't have income tax. Surprise. His effective take-home pay, you ready for this? Was $800, a tiny bit more than $800, Per month in his pocket, I'm not sure who you are, but I could buy a really nice car for eight hundred dollars a month, maybe even two if you're going to lease them for you know his and hers eight hundred dollars a month that's a nice little vacation house, maybe a condo in in a you know off the beaten path down in Florida that's a nice monthly payment on a on a little vacation home, a little condo down there, or your cabin in the woods, meaning you can have more things for the same amount of income. In his case, it's fixed income, which is a pension. So part of what people are doing to offset this inflation is they're relocating outside of California. Probably today, about one out of every three. Eric, are you going to leave California? You keep talking about it. Are you next? I go, look, I'll have a place outside of California. My problem is I'm a fighter. When I say problem, some of you say, well, I don't want to be a fighter. I want to... Well, here's my problem. One, I love what I do. 3,000 plus radio shows. Financial guy for 27 years, I guess, Some, something like that. I just, I like, I love what I do. I don't like it. I love it. And number two is, I really dislike bad guys. I like making a difference. I like justice. So to answer a lot of those questions, simple. I'm 16 years old. I was a lifeguard. 18 years old, I was a security guard. 21 years old, I was a Los Angeles policeman. In between there, I mowed lawns. In between there, I, I cleaned toilets and stuff, and bathrooms. But do you not see the pattern of behavior? I didn't until just a few years ago where somebody pointed it out. And then when I got injured on the police department, I couldn't be a police officer anymore, I got scammed. And these son of a guns took most of, if not all of my money. I went, wait a second, I'm a smart guy. Uh, I carried a gun, right, that that's what police do and these guys weren't afraid of me how much more must they be ripping off other people so I said oh, I'm going to go back to school that's what I did for the next couple of years and then became a financial professional about 27 years ago so it's no wonder that the bent of my practice is protecting the little guy going after people uh, the you know, bad guys I'm an expert witness I've testified I've written letters of federal court twice three times I guess helping get money back. So so these kinds of things are what keep me here. It doesn't mean I'm not going to spend time and money and vacation and, and have assets in another state. Financially, it just makes sense. But I want you to know, some of you are not fighters, at least not on the front line. Some of you want to just donate money to causes like Prager University or, or Larry Elder's Pack to go after bad guys. You can do that. Some of you are, are licking envelopes and putting on stamps. You can do that. But when you retire, I want your income to never go backwards. I don't want you to be some, like somebody who came years ago. I met him and he said, oh, if I'm a retired Los Angeles policeman, I used to be recruiting. I was a recruiter for LAPD for a while. So he comes up to my booth and he says, hey, I was a retired policeman. He shows me his ID. You know, he's an older guy. I was like, Wow. He was retired before I was ever born. I mean, it was that kind of thing at the time. And I said, "Wow, can you tell me about this? And I just started, you know, getting delving into the financial world. And I said, you know, what kind of pension do you make? He says, oh, it's about $600 a month. And this was in 1994, 1995. And I thought, are you kidding? $600 a month. Now, mind you, his house payment was probably $75 a month back in the mid-60s or $100 a month back in the mid-60s. That's what it was. So of course he's doing well. So how do you protect it so that today you retire in your 50s or 60s and when you're in your 70s or 80s or your spouse is in their 70s or 80s, you don't end up going, uh-oh, we're going to have to eat less. <laughs> right? Not We don't get to eat out. We have to sell off this asset. So I like annuities that have income streams that can increase I want to pay little or no cost little or no fees you can do that some of these crazy ones out there we had one last week three and a half percent in fees I said it's like driving with your foot on the brake and the gas and she actually thought oh I don't I don't have that kind of fees I Said, okay great well let's call the company I don't know what it is let's call the company we're just going to ask questions I have a little form that I fill out, a little, little uh, pre-done form. Name, address, great. Uh, how much did they put in? What is it worth today? Because if you're going to have an income stream later, I don't want you to have an income stream later to pay for your broker or Wall Street or your financial professional's life. Because some of these accounts, the income stream does come in, but it doesn't go to you. It goes to the, your financial broker or your advisor or, or Wall Street. So we have to check. Yeah, there's income. There's money being made, but, but where is it going? Does it stay in my account? Does it come to my bank account? Am I splitting it with my broker? Oh, but he's such a nice guy. Oh, she's so smart. She has all these initials after her name and, and, and plaques on the walls. Oh, good. That's great. Here's the only question I ever want you to ask. Or maybe two questions. Let's put it this way. How much did I put in and what is it today? Oh, well, you know you put it in eight years ago, a hundred thousand it's worth three hundred. great, okay, so I put in a hundred it's worth three hundred over eight years. Wonderful. Next question: What did it cost me to get there? What did it cost me? Not per year. You see that's the little trick in the and I don't mean everybody is doing things funny business sometimes they're trained this way. they don't even know that they're being you know coy. How much did I put in, and what is? What did it take? And what is it today? How much did I put in? What is it today? And what did it cost me to get there? Cumulative. Not per year. Don't change the denominator. Oh, it uh, $1,800 this year, $2,000 this year. Add it up. And then you could see, yes, it's worth it. I made great money. It was a good deal. I'll take it. Wonderful. Or is it not a good deal? Right? How much did I put in? What did it take to get there? And then you get a chance to, to look at it. Well, there we have standard deviations of the formulas based on an allocation of depreciation. Great. Wow. So you have all those initials. I love it. I'm happy for you. I'm glad. I trust you. That's why you have my money. But let me go back to just a couple questions. How much did I put in? What is it today? And what did it cost me to get there? Then you can evaluate, okay, this is a good deal. I'll give you an example. In this 3.54% account a few days ago, here's what happened. She made $93,000 and it cost her $87,000 to make 93. That means she busted her tail, made all this money, invested it. She takes 100% of the risk. And the company, the financial professional, whoever that is, makes the same amount of money with no risk you know, look, <laughs> here's the secret. As a financial professional, I'm not sitting behind a computer every day. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Let's research the background of this company. No, no, no. What they do is they put it into the computer. They say, what formula do you want? Oh, I want the um, moderate with the in- investment of the growth with the portfolio. Great. Click. Whew. Ah, financial professional stretches. You go drive away, and they go get lunch. <clears throat> you go, but wait a second. Who's watching my money? Oh, oh, oh well, I put it in, in a, you know, through the allocation of the percentages of based on the depreciation of the values. You're like, oh, wow, that's a lot of words. Okay, sounds good. So it's okay, it's safe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then oh, the market has dropped to all time lows or worst day in history. Great, call up. Hi, hi. Is my money okay? Oh yeah, but listen, don't sell. Don't sell. So why? Well, because you, then that's when you take a loss. You don't really have a loss because you didn't sell. Go. Okay. All right. I, I could buy that. Oh, the market is at all time highs. Great deals. We made lots of money. The economy is doing strong. Hi. Hi, Mrs. Broker. Yeah. Yeah. How did I do? Oh, you have made money. You're like, so did I sell? Oh, no, no. You didn't sell. We're not going to sell because we can't charge a fee. We don't charge a fee if you sell unless your money's at risk we can't charge a fee. So no, 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 we didn't sell. But I thought you told me, huh? Okay. So let me think about this. A second. I thought you told me that I didn't lose, even though the value was lower, I didn't lose because I didn't sell. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Then how did I gain when it's up if I didn't sell? Oh, well, you know, and then here you get, go, You're going to get the sheans again, right? It's going to be almost listening to a Uh, a 1985 Jesse Jackson uh, press conference. Well, you know, the allocation of the situation based on the uh, confirmation. Oh, gosh. And then at the end, you go, you're smart, I'm dumb, thank you so much, pass the salt. (laughs) So, I want you to go back to simplicity. When your food shelter clothing comes from your job, then you're hopeful that your job will increase its pay and you'll keep up with inflation and you can maybe work overtime or you get a pay raise and your retirement accounts go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Why? Because you're not going to touch it. You're 37 years old. You're 48 years old. We have time, time. When you're closer to retirement, I say the, the next five years or you're in retirement, certainly the first five years, we call it the golden 10 or, or the magic five, five before, five after, depending on who you talk to that is where your habits are created. That's where your spending uh, situation is kind of uh, laid out and what you can take out and how much you start establishing as as an income stream. That's when we have to be careful. I just don't want you to take the kind of risk. It's not going to make financial professionals happy whose job it is, is to accumulate assets. And you know what? You probably did great. So good job. During the last 27 years, Arif, I've made just in the last five years, I've made 17%. Great. The job of the money is no longer to sit there and go up, down, up, down, up, down. The job of the money is now to give you an income stream for the rest of your life. If that's the case, maybe I can help. 888-99-RETIRE, 888 That's 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, so here's what shrinkflation is. Have you ever heard of that term? In fact, I was first, I, I know this occurred because I remember seeing things, but the first time I ever heard of that term was actually my 26-year-old son brought it to my attention. These, these kids, man, they, by the way, just a side note, they're so much smarter than I ever was. I, I don't know what it is. I'm like, how do you know all these things? Of course, you know, I had to go sit in the school library and dig in and find out everything. Today, these kids can go on their phones, let alone an iPad or a computer and, and figure it out. But in any case, I digress. Shrinkflation, what is that? <clears throat> it's really the practice of reducing the size of the product while maintaining the same price or cost of the product. Meaning instead of your favorite cereal being uh, you know, 17 ounces, they lower it down to 14 ounces. So the product has a lower cost, sorry, a, a, a smaller size, but the cost stays the same. Here's the problem with that story. Number one, in nearly every single product, consumer product, grocery store shelves kind of product, liquor store shelves product, the, the product, the internal item, right, the breakfast cereal, the chips, the chocolate bar, the, the alcohol, that is the least expensive of the entire process the bottle the packaging the cost for the color and the dye the the cardboard those things are way more expensive than the actual product on the inter- on the inside of it so when they reduce the size of the product here's the only reason that it really benefits the cost of shipping because Cheerios or Cocoa Pebbles or Doritos or Hershey bar, they get more on the truck. And because it's less weight, because that's mostly how things are shipped, is based on weight, they can get a better deal at the end of the story because now it costs less to ship. And you say, oh, my favorite cereal is the same size. But it isn't. Or it's the same cost, for the chips okay maybe it is but the internal items go lower now there's a place where you and i as consumers we go hey you know what that's way too small so there's a psychologically component psychological component and one of those components when the shrinkflation occurs when the when the the, the size goes down they increase the letters on the box they increase the font on the packaging so keep your eyes open, guys. Things are here and they're here to stay. There's none of this temporary stuff. You got to watch your back. I'm Arif Halaby, 888 Retire, 888 997 3847. If I can help, it'd be my honor. You have a great day.
1: thanks to Now every dollar's got a job to